Welcome to the Staying Golden Podcast, where we'll be catching up with Laurier alumni to give the Laurier community a glimpse of what the future may hold after graduation. We would like to acknowledge that Wilfrid Laurier University and its campuses are located on the Haldeman Track, traditional territory of the Neutral, Anishinaabe, and Haudenosaunee peoples. Hello and welcome to the third episode of the fourth season of the Stan Golden Podcast. Today I have the privilege of talking to two of our alumni who graduated from the User Experience Design Program offered at Laurier's Brantford campus. I'm with uh, Cedric Zhang and Anna Bolger who both graduated in 2021 with a bachelor's degree in User Experience Design. I'll start off by asking some questions to both of you, just in general, about your Laurier experiences. So besides maybe the unique opportunity that this program presented, I'm curious, what drew you to choose Laurier? Did you get a chance to make a campus visit or was it something you had heard about the school? What was it that brought you to the school? I know for me, I um, actually had a few friends who were Laurier Brantford alum when I was in the process of applying. Um, and so I definitely got a little bit of a biased snapshot of the campus and of the school in general. But I definitely remember vividly that when scouting out my options and when I toured the campuses and just talked to other, other alumni from other universities, anyone that came from the Brantford campus of Laurier just had immensely fantastic things to say about it. And you could see them physically bursting with just joy when they were talking about their experiences. And so that paired with a really great tour. I, I loved that the campus was immersed in the downtown of Brantford. I grew up in Stratford being a small town in Ontario. And so going to another semi-small town in Ontario, of course, felt familiar and comfortable, but then being really immersed in the community is just something that I was very familiar with growing up in Stratford. And so it all just felt very, very appealing and very comfortable and very welcoming. So it, it was nice that the UX program was only on the Brantford campus because I definitely wouldn't change, wouldn't change that aspect of my experience at all. Right. It's amazing. Cedric, how about you? I had a very different experience. Uh, so before I applied to universities, I was actually in different country. Uh, so I didn't have the opportunity to come to the campus and visit, but I definitely did some research. I applied to a bunch of universities. I actually had four offers in Canada, but you know, Brantford campus, uh, Laurier Brantford campus is just so unique. I know it's like a very small a city and small campus. And the campus is like kind of blended with the city. Um, so that just really made me interested. And to be honest, there's not many distractions <laughs> living in Brantford, which is a great thing when you go to school. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I stayed in Brantford for five, six years from the beginning um, of university, and I wouldn't trade experience for anything. That's great. And I'm sure Brantford residents wouldn't be too upset at the admission that, uh, Maybe the nightlife isn't the most lively thing there. So <laughs> a fair statement, diplomatically said. <laughs> so did either of you have any opportunities to take place in any extracurriculars during your time on campus? Yeah. So part of my university experience was a revelation I had probably in my second year that 
I was super passionate and still am about environmentalism and social justice, environmental justice and all that fun stuff. And so um, in comes EcoHawks. So EcoHawks was um, and still is the Laurier branch of the Environmental Club. And so they've got a Brantford Club, a Brantford EcoHawks and a Waterloo EcoHawks. And so I joined on EcoHawks, I believe it was in my second year and yeah, stayed right through right through to my the end of my fourth year. And that was just such a fantastic way to meet people outside of my program that have interests similar to mine and just be able to share that passion and make an impact on my campus. But the other one, I think, Cedric, you may have been on this with me, was UXDSA, so the User Experience Design Student Association. And I'm not sure if that name has changed now, but um, yeah, that was a, a bit of a club that uh, we had joined and helped kind of start in our first or second year, just for a way for those relationships that we were building with our classmates to be a little bit more formalized when needed. Um, so it really just kind of built a platform for user experience design students to meet um, between cohorts as well. I found there was a lot of times where I knew like other students who were in other programs, they got to meet students of the similar program, but from other years in their classes. But because we're the first cohort, there's no way to sort of jump ahead or, or work at a different pace. And so we were quite sectioned off in that sense. And so being able to meet uh, students from other cohorts was really valuable in that sense. But I think, yeah, Cedric, you were, you were in UXDSA with me, right? I was, yes. Yeah. That was a fun time. We had uh, like some social events as well. But yeah, for, for me personally, I, I joined a, a program called Culture Exchange. So I was always interested in different languages and cultures. And uh, I heard this opportunity to, to join this program. So I just signed up right away. Um, through the program, I met lots of students that are from different cultures. And some of the students were uh, exchange students from France, from Sweden, from the UK. So definitely through the culture exchange program, I had lots of social time, social time and uh, made lots of connections uh, you know, around the world. So Cedric, do you think you could speak to some of the challenges from being the first cohort in the UX design program? What were some of the uh, issues that you guys faced doing that? Yeah, for sure. There were some challenges uh, being the first cohort, especially we were the first students to test out the courses and the program as a whole. So I would say there are maybe one or two courses out there that weren't fully developed, but also, you know, the UX program is developing and it keeps de developing and to meet the trend of the industry, which is great. Uh, in my opinion. Awesome. So moving on kind of to that transitional stage between school and, and full-time work, I was wondering if you guys could talk about the preparedness you felt when applying for jobs. So did you feel well-prepared for full-time work in user experience? And when applying for jobs, did you feel like what you had learned applied really well to what was on the job descriptions? Our full-time job or my full-time job is very, very related to UX, uh, which I feel very lucky to have those skills and apply them to my day-to-day -day work. We talk about, you know, design thinking, that's the basic UX courses um, for, you know, first year students. I've had three or four projects so far just to, you know, design thinking training. 
to different clients and being able to know those those design thinking steps already is a huge benefit uh, to me, at least. I, I've also had the privilege to go through co-op, which helped me a lot in prototyping skills. You know, I'm able to apply that prototyping skill in multiple projects. And that's all thanks to my UX program and those courses. Yeah, I would echo that, Cedric. And I think for me, um, the program definitely played a large role in preparing me for professionalism and career development and applying for jobs. And I think the Laurier community did that really well as well. And so in terms of the program, I found right from day one, right from first year even, we were taking on client work. We were taking on client projects and being able to take on that professionalism for ourselves and have client communication techniques taught to us and practiced. And I was, yeah, I was working with the city of Brantford on a project right from my first year. And so things like that really helped me just discover what I'm like in the professional setting, which I think is so, so crucial when you are applying to jobs and setting up your resume, setting up your portfolio. And the Laurier community was really crucial in that as well. I think there's a huge aspect to a small campus because there's so many connections you make with people that just eventually lead you in directions that you might not have gone otherwise. I know for me personally, I ended up making connections and getting on the Environmental Sustainability Policy Advisory Committee with the City of Brantford. And so this was just completely aside from Laurier, but really helped me gain experience with community relations and um, what it's like working with public sector clients and just really kind of taking that role on my own. And so just, yeah, pairing the program, pairing it with the Laurier community and, and Brantford as a community as well is so welcoming to, to their students that, yeah, it, it really set up the recipe well to help us apply for jobs and help us gain the confidence that we needed to get it, get out into the working world. That's great. And that experience is so valuable. That's a perfect segue. And I'm curious about the Rink Report project that you worked on. I think you were just referring to it, actually. So what was the goal of that project and how did that come about? Yeah, thanks so much for asking. I love that project. So this was one of our design thinking courses. And so we had a few community members from multiple different parts of the community, the city of Brantford being one of them. And these clients came into our, our class and pitched their problems to us. And we all had a chance to team up into groups and choose our projects. And we worked on these for our mark for the class. And so this was such a fantastic way to, like I said, yeah, teach us all of those professional skills that you wouldn't otherwise get when you're, you know, working with clients or versus just, you know, working on school projects and papers and things like that. So having that hands-on experience was incredible. But yeah, this was with the city of Brantford. And so it was with the Parks and Recreations Department. They had pitched to us that their volunteers for their community ring program throughout the winter have voiced and it was very evident that they just they needed a change in the way that they were interacting with city of Brantford in terms of reporting their work back. And so this rink, this neighborhood rink program is completely volunteer run from top to bottom. There's, I think it's about 27 or 28 rinks that are functioned all by volunteers, but in the city of Brantford. And these volunteers, they build the rinks, they shovel the rinks, they flood the rinks, they maintain the rinks, do all of the maintenance checks, they report back. 
And this reporting process was just excruciating. I remember we did uh, some field research. We would, you know, drive out to these rinks and we'd join the volunteers and help them in their, their task to learn really what, what they were talking about. And they would take these damp, frozen, you know, crackly pieces of paper out of this bin that was stored in the middle of the park out in the middle of the winter with pens that were stored out in, you know, freezing weather and try to fill out these paper forms that this maintenance, a city of Brantford maintenance crew would come around and collect these paper forms and just trying to communicate the functionality of the rink, whether it's skatable or not, if they have a light broken or a garbage can went missing or they need a new shovel, like all of these things were all communicated through these pieces of paper that were very frozen. <laughs> and so Lori Dawn, shout out to Lori Dawn, she came to our class and basically said, hey, we need a, a solution to our problem. Um, so we jumped in, we conducted so much field research and basically came up with an app that the city of Brantford launched last December, where instead of paper forms, they're able to fill out an online form and send it directly into the city. So that means the volunteer role is very drastically different from what it used to look like. So now they're able to go and do their physical duties of shoveling the rink or, or flooding, but then they're able to go in the comfort of their own home and submit that maintenance check virtually through their phone, through a tablet or a computer. And that can be done a lot quicker than trying to fill out a paper form. So yeah, this project was just, it was wicked from, from the very beginning. And we got to work with so many fantastic people and it got picked up by quite a few fun news outlets, I guess. Yeah. CTV News, Kitchener picked it up and Sports Illustrated picked it up. And I think just having that milestone in a, an academic career was just quite fun to look back on and quite quite incredible to experience. But overall, yeah, the, the project was fantastic. And that was definitely one of those experiences that set, set me up well for getting into the professional setting of the working world. That's incredible. And definitely congratulations. I want to like highlight how huge that is getting in CTV News Kitchener and Sports Illustrated, which is internationally read. So that's just an incredible project. Congratulations on that. Thank you uh, so much. And in terms of your school's ex or your experiences, Cedric, I'm curious about your experience with the co-op program. So I know you did an internship with a company, Orbis, and you already spoke about some of maybe the prototyping skills you gained from that. I was curious if you could talk a little more about that job and what your biggest takeaways were from it. Yeah, I. So I had 12 month co-op with Orbis. Orbis is a company that does software. If you go to Lore, you know, uh, there's a website called Navigator where you can apply for jobs and apply for a volunteer opportunity. So yeah, it's basically a platform for post-secondary education students um, looking for uh, jobs and for the employers, post-jobs for targeted towards post-secondary students. It was... It was my first real full-time UX job. So I had lots of learnings and takeaway from that position, uh, including how to work with developers, how to work uh, with other team members, how to apply some of the UX design philosophy to the actual work, designing the platforms, designing the, the prototypes of the next version of the platform. Yeah, uh, I had a great mentor, uh, my manager, uh, Josh. He taught me a lot about 
pay, paying attention to details and some design tricks, some you know, type, typography, some color uh, theories. That was just an amazing experience. I also had the opportunity to work with another UX student in my program. The collaboration and the communication skill also developed a lot through the co-op. Yeah, overall, I had an amazing experience. Also, I have to thanks, thank our co-op program at Laurier. They prepared me for interviews. They prepared me for you know resume writing, cover letter writing, um, just the whole process to get to be able to be ready for those interviews and applying for jobs. Those skills definitely helped me a lot in my career development as well. Awesome. And sounds very relevant, the experience that you had there. Now, for both of you, I'm curious how you ended up with your jobs at Overlap Associates. And I was wondering if you could kind of explain what the business does and explain a little bit about what your day-to-day jobs are like. I would say my journey to Overlap was quite a lengthy one in the best way possible. So back in our first year of the program, Brock, our co-founder, came into our first year at Loria UX program to talk about what Overlap is and what they do. And and from that moment forward, I was kind of hooked because Brock did such a great job of painting a picture about the social impact and how, how design thinking can have such a great social impact and how Overlap plays a key role in that. Overlap was my goal then from right from my first year to figuring out what I wanted to do with my UX degree. I think Overlap really kind of formed into that goal quite quickly. And so then I believe it was in my third year, I had joined on Overlap as a freelancer. And so I was freelancing with Overlap, I think for about two years, two or three years or so before they needed a full-timer. And so once they needed someone full-time, I jumped at the opportunity and that happened in February of this year, so February, 2022. And so I've been working full-time for them ever since. But yeah, a little bit about our day-to-day, at least my day-to-day. I know it can vary quite heavily from what Cedric does sometimes and vice versa. For me, our, my day-to-day is a lot of engagement work and a lot of data analysis and a lot of facilitation. So it can look very different from project to project, but we do a lot of human-centered design problem solving is probably the best way to put it. So we work with a lot of public sector organizations, quite a bit of nonprofits as well to unpack what the problem is that they're experiencing and how design thinking and how human-centered design might be able to, to help that problem. So some some popular work that we do is strategic planning. And so with that comes lots of stakeholder engagement. And so that engagement work, lots of, you know, interviews and surveys and stakeholder groups coming together for stakeholder labs. And so oftentimes, yeah, I'm, you know, working towards that engagement design, taking the data, analyzing, synthesizing, and then turning it into something that we can use to help solve whatever problem that we're working towards. So yeah, very different from day to day. I'm sorry, that was such a uh, hakey haga response is how one of my coworkers would put it. But uh, yeah, quite different, lots of different projects that we work on. One of my favorite things of the job, for sure. Right. A hickey haga. Hickey haga. Hickey haga. Do you know what does that mean? <laughs> According to my colleague and something that we use quite often in overlap term- terminology, hickey haga is the experience of lots of things happening around you. And okay. there's no way to pinpoint that one thing that's happening. So um, you can experience hickey haga. You can speak hickey haga. There's just a lot of hickey haga, I think, sometimes in our job. <laughs> that makes sense. I imagine I've experienced some hickey haga. 
from in my <laughs> yeah. time. Yep. Go ahead, Cedric. Yeah, uh, thanks, Anna. That was well explained for sure. Yeah, my experience was similar to Anna's. I was lucky. I, I definitely felt lucky. So yeah, Brock reached out to me in my third year uh, looking for freelancers, jumped right in. I was very happy to, to do some freelance work. In the meantime, I was doing my co-op job at school, so that was a busy year for me. But yeah, after I finished my co-op, I had one term left of school and I was, I was keep doing freelance work until I, gra I graduated. Then they basically reached out to me, asked me if I wanted to do full-time. So they could, gave me a full-time contract and that was my full-time job before I graduated. Actually, before my contract ended, they opened up some junior designer role. So I applied and, you know, sat down with the manager and they took me on for full-time position. Um, that's how I got into overlap. That's incredible. And it sounds like they were highly integrated with the program from day one almost, which is great in terms of Laurier having these good companies behind them. Uh, so to kind of get more into what you guys do from a day-to-day, -day, I'm curious if you could briefly, and you don't have to get too into it, but describe your philosophy for approaching the system design problems that you come across or, or the design issues and how you're able to apply design thinking and the ideas of art and technology into your solutions? Yeah, I would say my approach is definitely heavily influenced by both the UX program at Laurier and Overlap for sure. I think first and foremost, always try to remain extremely curious whenever I'm approaching a problem and throughout all phases of a problem for sure. I think that's something to always keep in mind and something that keeps me driven to, to work towards solving a problem. Another key component for me is, yeah, I would say approaching every design problem with humility and with empathy to make sure that you're not, you're not putting any of your experiences in place of those that you're speaking with. So just, yeah, remaining curious and asking the simple questions that you might not think to ask, I think is so, so key. And uh, one I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to take from overlap is starting solo. That's something that we always drive in. We use an all of our work that we do with client work, with internal work, but starting solo is so important to just making sure that you aren't speaking first and fast before anyone that might not get the chance to speak before you. And so wh whether you're working with a team or you're working on your own, I think just taking a moment to do a bit of a brain dump and really just get everything that you know down on paper, all of your ideas down on paper um, to have a bit of a fresh start in that sense is very important to collaboration and, and teamwork. Yeah, those would at least be a, a good little roundup of some of the things I like to keep in mind, at least. But curious what yours are a subject. Uh, you know, from a design thinking perspective, the first step of design thinking is defined. So uh, whenever there's a problem, you know, I usually just sit down and ask myself and, uh, you know, my team members would sit down as well and really think what is the real problem because sometimes you know there's a problem but it's just a very service problem and you know there's a tool that we use called five whys basically you know ask ask yourself or ask the audience the participants five times why is this a problem why what's the problem that we need to solve and you know typically after five times you can find the root problem Another thing that I usually keep in mind 
when it comes to engagement design and facilitations is really EDI, which is equity, diversity, and inclusion. Also accessibility uh, is part of that as well. So every time I design a survey, an interview, or a facilitation, I really keep in mind that people have different needs. You know, some potential participants are not good with technology and uh, with so many works being delivered virtually, uh, how do we solve that problem or at least limit the disadvantages uh, for the, the participants? Sometimes certain languages should be avoided. That's one big part for, you know, designing some of the survey questions and uh, interview questions as well. So yeah, those are the things that are most important to me. Right. And I like what both of you guys talked about in terms of being analytical about problems, but also trying to approach them from a holistic view while keeping everybody in mind and inclusivity. And that's something that's important to us at Lori. Now, as we kind of come to the end of our time here, there's a question I like to ask everyone who comes on the podcast, so I will pose it to the both of you, and that is how you define success as an individual. And you can answer this from a career standpoint or from a holistic life standpoint, however you see fit, but I'm curious to see how you guys will answer this. For me, freedom and happiness is the two key words pop up in my head, you know, I'm, I feel lucky and uh, I am grateful to do something that I'm truly passionate about. So, you know, doing day-to-day job, uh, the day-to-day work at my job doesn't feel like a burden, doesn't feel like I'm wasting my time. That to me, it's successful. And, you know, in terms of a career, looking to keep progress every single year, having more responsibilities, having more trust from the team. Yeah, that that it, to me is successful. Yeah, and Cedric, you took the words right out of my mouth. Happiness for me. It's, uh, it's always been for me, just whatever makes me happy is what I want to strive towards. And I think happiness looks different for everyone. And that in turn means that success looks different for everyone. So if your, your definition of success doesn't necessarily look like what your colleague's definition looks like or, you know, what your peers looks like. I think just having the confidence to go for it or doesn't even have to be the confidence, just faking it till you make it and just being happy. I think that's where you are and part of not getting stuck in the, in the process of jumping into a career or jumping into something new and exciting in your life. Yeah. Happiness. That's awesome. And sorry to just spring that on you guys, but both great answers. So I appreciate it. And I also really appreciate you guys taking the time to come on here. It was great. Great to have an idea more of what goes on in the user experience design program. And you guys were an excellent representation of the program. So thank you both so much for coming on. It was great having you guys. Thanks so much, Luke. It was a pleasure. Take care.